It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Afternoon. It is the All NFL All City podcast. The man, Baldy. I'm Cuz. We're here every day. Make sure you come back. We have a, a great one for you today. Great show. We're very excited because we're going to talk to Andy Reid today. Well, you know, it's it's interesting. Uh, he's going to have playing next Monday night's game, which is Thanksgiving Day week against the Eagles. Two teams that he built, the Eagles and the Chiefs, on Monday night. Both teams coming off a bye. The schedule makers got this one right. Yeah, I got to tell you, I, uh, I, I love Andy. I, I, he's had such a great career. Uh, man, he has been, man, since the beginning. When he came in, nobody knew who he was. No. I'll never forget. Tight ends coach in Green Bay. Yeah. You know, and kudos to Jeffrey Lurie, who has found a lot of terrific coaches. Yes. Man. And it started with Andy. And I'll never forget when he came in here, and everybody's like, who's this guy? And remember... In, in 1999, he comes in 1999 to the Eagles. and Ray a, Rhodes on his way out. It was a different world. Yeah. It was the vet. The world was they a didn't little. They facilities. No. The world was a little rough around the edges, too. Yeah. Like the fans. We, people think, Well, 700 man, level. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was legit. We're going to tell you the story of how. <laughs> how he got greeted. How Andy's first. His first moments in Philadelphia. He gets booed by a priest. I kid you not. Andy's going to talk about that. So we have Andy coming up. But let's get into uh, what transpired on Monday night because we saw Denver and the Bills. And you, let me give you some flowers here because you said, listen to me, this game is a toss-up. Denver's going to be in this game. They're playing better. Now all of a sudden, Buffalo is in trouble. They fire Ken Dorsey. All right, as their offensive coordinator, they go with Joe Brady. Baldy, you called it. Yeah, well, I mean, I, did, I didn't call the firing, but I did call the fact that Denver was no, playing really that good game. football. Yeah. And, you know, and look, if you look at the stats, the stats come out every Tuesday, right? But if you look at the stats this week, Denver's still 32nd in defense because of one game, the Miami Dolphin game, where they gave up 10 touchdowns. So they're still last. But over the last four games now, because last night, uh, the 22 points they gave up to Buffalo is the most they've given up in a month. They kept, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Chiefs out of the end zone. Like, they're playing much better defense. Vance Joseph, the coordinator, is doing a very good job. So, I knew defensively they would give us some trouble. And then offensively, like, Sean Payton's, like, 
this isn't Drew Brees' offense. This isn't, okay, we got Alvin Kamara. We're gonna do, they don't have those players. But Russell Wilson is playing excellent football. He's taking care of the football. He's rescuing plays. He made an unbelievable touchdown throw to Cortland Sutton, which looked like Russell Wilson circa 2016 throwing to, you know, one of his receivers in Seattle. But anyways, so I feel like they're really well coached. Buffalo, first play that gets Well, I want to get into the autopsy of Buffalo. All yeah. right. I, 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 we really got to dive into them. But just to finish Denver, I, I do have a couple questions for you because – Remember, early early on, Sean Payton got a lot of hot water, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah, well, he, he criticized, out, criticized you know, Nathaniel Hackett. Right. Okay. And then they got smacked by the Dolphins. Yeah. And it was like, you know, everybody started to pile on Sean Payton. Well, they're one in five. Right. Yeah, like, well, so what's the Sean Payton effect? So what, what what is it? Like, how long does it, like, so is it, it takes a minute before that kind of coaching filters down to your team? Is that well, kind of it? Well, it's that. And then, you know, certain guys, Randy Gregory, I'm just calling out one name, but certain guys that were there to start the season, training camp, summer, all that, they're gone. So you clean out the guys that you just aren't going to help you build. Yeah, they're not buying into it. They're not yeah. buying in, whatever it is. Like, I'm not calling anybody out, but right. they, they sent them packing. So there's a couple of guys like that. Uh, and then you got to, you got to, you know, Sean's always had an unbelievable touch to find undrafted players, unknown players, like, they, they found two undrafted players in this draft. Both have played significant roles. Jaquan McMillan is their nickel back. He forced a fumble the first play last night. Yeah, he like this kid, that ball, this, man. He, he's the full right of James. But the kid, is, he's hungry. He's hungry. And then Jaleel McLaughlin out of uh, Youngstown State. Like the kid's the giving back. him some yeah. pop. Now, he didn't have a great game against Buffalo. But like he's finding these guys that are like, but, but what Sean's saying basically is, I don't care where you're drafted. I don't care what round, what school you played at. I want football players. I want guys that come here every day, like they're all in. Like they're not, like meeting starts, we're ready to go. We're on time. We're like just the, the, the basics. So he's getting those kind of guys that say, you know, remember like they were saying, like Cortland Sutton could be sold off and all that. Like Cortland Sutton's a great kid. You, don't, you want Cortland on your team. Um, but he just wants the certain mentality. That this thing is a business. It's year-round. It's 24-7. I'm consumed. I want you to be consumed. I think it starts with that. All right. So, I, let's talk about their offense, though, because you know what this reminds me of? Hmm. When Sean Payton was the OC with the Giants. Yes. Yeah. Look at their offense. Very similar. But he's now said, listen, Russ, we're going to dial it back a little bit. Way back. We're going to run the football. Javante, mm-hmm. who, who is a beast, Right. They've committed to the run. It, it, they remind me of the Giants circuit 2002 when he was the OC. Well, here's the thing is, so, like, look, they have a pecking order, running backs. Like, they all played last night. Javante Williams played last night. Samaje P. Ryan, yeah. Jaleel, they all played. Yep. Okay, they all have a role. But what's interesting is they're not running the ball for a lot of yards, but they're running it. Now, you can do that if you're not making a lot of mistakes and you're not way behind the sticks. So there was a lot of third and threes, third and fives, third and ones last night, and they converted them. And Russell had to do some street ball, flip the ball out of his hands, avoid the pressure, because they're not great up front, um, not yet. But the fact is, is that if you look at, you know, Garrett Bowles, Ben Powers, uh, Cushenberry, Miners, uh, McGlinchey, those five guys, they're now, they've almost all started 
every game this season. So they're, they're staying healthy. Now they're playing together. Now, so to, when you say Russell's scaling it back, he's not, it's not bombs away at all. It's a lot of dink and dunk. Let's get first downs. Let's, uh, let's play good defense. Defense is taking the ball away. They've taken the ball away in this yep. game win streak 10 times. 10 extra bats for the offense, short fields. So it's a formula. And this is how they got to play until they get the explosive plays, players, until they get that. But for right now, it's about winning games. So they're yeah, four you and five. You, you don't turn it over. You don't carol the You football. don't beat yourself. Right. Like Buffalo is doing. And so I, I really, it's, he's doing a great coaching job. Because if you're one and five and you're in the crypt and you've given up 70 to Miami, it's easy to just kind of hang your head and just think it's already over. We're not even in November yet. And, but it's, it's not the case. Like, this is what good coaches do. They grind. They do. I, it's amazing. And it's uncanny to me because you see the similarities of how – remember those the, the, when he was OC at the Giants, that's how they played. They played run the ball, don't imperil the football. Well, he also – his biggest influence in this whole industry was Bill Parcells. Yeah. In fact, when you talk to Sean, he's got Bill Parcells' like inflection. He knows how to bust chops the way Parcells does. Like, it's like he talks to Bill all the time, but he's got that mentality. Like, he's going to coach his coaches as hard as he coaches the players. He's going to be demanding. And so, there's like, the, the, you know, the NFL is, is, is great because we never have enough good quarterbacks and we never have enough good coaches. Yeah. We don't. Yeah. It's a coaching, like the NBA, the players can difference. run it. Yeah. Coaching now, in the NFL is everything. Yeah. Now, NBA, good coaches, you see it. Going on right now with the Sixers, yeah. good coaching. It makes a difference. It matters, and and you're right about Sean Payton. Did you see the movie yet? The, the movie, the Sean Payton movie. No, no, I didn't know there was a movie. I thought yes. No, Sean Payton. There is a movie of all people. Kevin James plays. Oh, I, did, I did read about this. Plays Sean. Sean. All right, it's the year he's out of football. Oh, okay. All right, with the bounty stuff, yeah. he's out of football. And he goes back to Texas. He goes back to Dallas. And he coaches his son. That's right. That's right. And so Kevin James plays uh, Sean. Oh, I got a good Sean Payton story. So uh, since we're on Denver and Sean. So this is like, so he gets there in 2006 in New Orleans, right? His first game, okay, is the year after Katrina. Okay, so he takes over a franchise where not just a losing franchise, but the city has just been desecrated, yeah. right? So they just rebuilt the dome, and the first game is Atlanta. So, anyways, it's like it's either like it's either like 2006, 2007. I'm doing games at Fox, so we're we're in New Orleans getting ready for a game. We're in a production meeting, and the meeting ends. Sean's great; he gives us a lot of information and you know what he's putting together and Drew Brees, all this stuff. So he says, "Hey, he goes." So he's got he's got two kids, he's got a son and a daughter. So he goes, "Hey, you know my my son, Baldy would." Uh, but he'd love to be that kid that runs out and gets the tee, right, uh, after the opening kick. Yeah, yeah. And he was going to run it back. Is there any way we could shoot that? And we could give my son, like, a little bit of a pop. Oh, that's awesome. So, you know, directors in the room, yeah, producer, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, Sean, we'll get that covered. Yeah, no yeah. problem. So we, we, we get it done, and it, it's a big deal. Sean's very thankful. His son gets a lot of, you know, attention. He's, like, in second grade, right? So we come back to, like, three weeks later, we're doing another Saint game. So... Go through the, uh, the whole meeting and all that stuff. Sean, at the end of the meeting, goes, hey, Baldy, listen, I got a problem in the family. I go, my daughter. Yeah. He goes, my daughter is, like, intensely jealous. My son gets national TV props. All his friends are, like, loving it. And my daughter feels like she's been left out. Do you think we could get my 
So we get his daughter. So we ended up working with her at the NFL Network. She's great. But uh, now she's grown up. But, like, yeah, we, we got both his kids taking the tee off the field. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. All right, let's go to the flip side now. Yeah. Now let's do the autopsy of the Bills. Man, I, I got to tell you, uh, losing at home, you heard the crowd. I mean, every possession, the crowd was on edge. Bills Mafia panicked, booing, right? Like mm -hmm. three and outs. Like, this is not the Bills. What happened to Buffalo? Obviously, Ken Dorsey is fired. What? what well, Ken Dorsey's a scapegoat. Like, he's just the fall guy here. I'm mean, Sean McDermott's got to do something. Yeah. Because whether it's anything to do with him or not, they got to make a change. They're 5-5, five and five and the season's slipping away from them. They played terrible the week before against Cincinnati. Last night, it's more the same. Like, you, you, you get the ball ripped out of your running back's hands on the first play. You give, basically, Denver a field goal to start the game. Okay, so now you're down 3 nothing right away. You know, then a ball goes right through Gabe Davis's hands. Now, Troy Aikman's saying, well, he, he throws a hot ball. Well, Sean, like, Josh Allen's been in his league now six, seven years. Like, he throws a hot ball. All right, catch the damn thing. Get on the jug machine. But, you know, Justin Simmons intercepts it. Happened to too. Yeah. Like, so, you know, so they're fumbling the ball. They're, they're throwing the interceptions. They have 18 turnovers in their 10 games right now. Did you see where the, the field position, starting field position was for Denver? Their own 42-yard line. Well, you're giving them short fields to an offense where defensively they played pretty good. I mean, the touchdown yeah, throw to Cortland they Sutton. They kept them in a game. up until, like, Look, it's, it's a miracle. Hail Mary type of touchdown to win the game, right? You know, otherwise, you know, the, the Bills survive. But, you know, it's, it's you know, like. The defense played that well. The, the defense played well. You know, and they made a, and they're, they're good. At, they're a good defense. They, they're a very good defense. And their zones, what Sean teaches and how they, and how they play it, they're very good. Terrell Bernard's been awesome for Matt Milano, an inside linebacker. They got depth up for, you know, they're good. But, you know, and last night they ran for 200 yards. Like. Latavius Murray and James Cook, they ran the ball better than I've seen them run it all year. Yeah, I mean, we, showed, we watched Deion Dawkins run the same play. We're all friends with Deion Dawkins, you know, at a temple. And, like, he, he played great last night. Like, you can't say – you like, again, Cincinnati you could say, you know what, the offensive line got beat. And you could say that's the fall. That's the reason. Right now, like, it's part of it a, – a touch of it is Josh. He's frustrated, obviously. The one interception on the outside – was his fault. Like, he tried to fit the ball in against that zone. Give Vance Joseph credit. Like, he really kind of, you know, gave him one look, then he did another thing, and and, and Josh threw it out. That's going to happen. But I just think, um, like, they had a situation in the it, at midfield yesterday where it was fourth and two, or fourth and one, and a long yard. And to me, every fourth one, you should put in Josh's hands. Just let him run it. However you want to do it. You want to quarterback sneak it. You want to read option it. Just get put the ball in his hands. And they, they drop back to throw it. And, you know, ends up having to throw the ball away. Yeah. And you give – it's basically a turnover. Oh, yeah. You give, you give Denver the ball, the midfield. Like, you could put that on the coordinator. Because I think, like, going forward, I would just tell Joe Brady, look, if it's fourth and one, third and one, Josh Allen, is he's converting. He's, he's our guy. You can say, well, we don't want him to get hit that much. I don't care. The season's going to slip away. If you don't start converting these, you're going to lose games because of it. Well, and that's what's – Right now, they've been out of sync because it used to be they could go down the field at will. I mean, we remember, you know, a few years back, that epic game between Chiefs and Bills. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where they're just the going up and down, up and back in the playoffs. 
you know, their offense was so potent. What What's wrong with their passing game? I mean, that's one of the issues. I mean, you got Diggs, right? And then he struggled last night. Gabe Davis, I, I like Gabe Davis. I mean, some of y'all have monster games. You got here, right? And Don Kincaid. Yeah. No, I mean, like, look, that it's enough. Be good but, enough. They, but they're not a big, right now, even with Josh's arm, they're not a big throw the ball down the field team. You know, like, if you watch the Eagles play, you watch 49ers play, they're throwing 20 yard digs and they're throwing go routes yeah. and they're converting them. And they're not getting those big chunk plays right now. Yeah, why? When you have, why? When you have digs. Well, I think part of it is they're a little afraid up front if they can protect long enough yeah. for five-step, seven-step drops to get the ball down the field. So it goes back to up front. Yep. You think you think all their problems I, I, nah, are – Nah, not Which is interesting because they can run the ball. Yeah, they ran the ball. But, they're, they're but right. actually, last night, Josh Allen got hit three times. He wasn't sacked. They only threw it 26 times. They ran it like 38 times. So they're like – you know, they're saying, okay, let's, let's control the game on the ground, which they did to a large part. But if you turn it over four times – two lost fumbles, two interceptions, and you have a fourth down stop at midfield, you basically gave it back to Denver five times. So what role does Josh have in this whole thing? Well, like he can't, it can't just be about Josh. Like it just, it just, you just, it's like saying, okay, well, let Mahomes just bail us out. You know, like he, he took the team down the field and they scored a touchdown to take the lead. Okay. They just didn't hold the lead. Like he, like when they had to go do it, they did it. And he, he ran in for the touchdown. And they got the go-ahead touchdown, uh, go-ahead score. But, you know, the defense couldn't hold it right there. But, you know, they're not the, – the penalties, the turnovers, the negative plays are killing him right now. Killing him. And, and, but Josh also doesn't look right. Like, Josh himself, when he's got swag and, and he's – Well, but if you're losing games, if you're 5 I know, it's five, hard to have, But, like, he needs to be – like, he almost needs to be – like, to me, he's playing – Almost with a straight jacket on. Mm. That's what it feels like. That's yeah. that's the analogy. He doesn't well, look like himself. So, you know, I think, you know, Brady has spoken on this, like, hey, Josh, you can't just keep taking all these hits. Right. You know, like, you. so, so I think part of him is trying to rein it in a little bit. But but it's if he's never good for a But it's not good. But at the same time, he was turning, he led the league in turnovers last year. He's had, nobody's had more turnovers in the last six years. So he turns it over when he makes some of these plays. And Favre did that. Yeah, well, you know, Brett still, I mean, nobody's thrown more interceptions in the history of the NFL than Brett. But I know quarterbacks that would rather throw an interception than to try to survive by not being aggressive. And I almost think, like, I, that's something you have to live with. Like, he's got a ridiculous arm. Like, we don't, there, was a, there was a throw. And playmaking ability. There was a throw in that game. Yes. And there was a throw in that game where it's triple coverage. Mm-hmm. Right, and he actually fit the ball in the week before. Yeah, and I mean the throw, like it takes a ridiculous arm, right, to get the ball there, and it got swatted away. I don't know if you remember this play. It was on, it was on the like the left sideline. It was like twenty yards down the field, and he makes the throw. And even Aikman said, "Look, he's trying to fit it in between three guys." And I, I go, I live with that because I need Josh Allen to be Josh Allen. But you see that from Jalen Hurts all the time. Like, you know, like everybody's like, well, you know, that, that's a dangerous throw. I go, well, that's he trusts his receiver. Right. To go get the ball. So like I think sometimes like you have to allow a quarterback, like you can't 
Like, especially a guy like him who's got the arm that can make throws. Well, how do you explain, though, like the fumble with him and James Cook last night? That was horrible. Like, it's terrible. Like, it's like just the basic fundamental of a handoff right here. Underneath him, it was bouncing off his knee. It dropped. It just dropped out of his hands. Like, it it didn't even get to James Cook. I know. Like, so then you start thinking, like, is he – then you see him on the sideline. He looks like he's just like – I know. That's what I mean. He doesn't look like himself. He looks like he's in a straight jacket. And then, like – He's got no – What's weird, though, is – and I know what this feeling is like, but like nobody's coming over and going, bro. Yeah, everything's yeah, good. Yeah. Like he's just sitting there by himself. Yeah. Like at some point, like your brotherhood, yeah. like you know, like go sit with the offensive line, do something. Yeah, I'm with you. All right. Week eleven is upon us. This wow. is a big week. All right, because it starts with a big game that we'll talk about tomorrow in the AFC North. Yes. And then it culminates, like you said, on Monday night. Monday night football, the rematch of the Super Bowl. You have lauded the schedule makers. No. Well, I mean, it's just unbelievable that that day in the middle of the seasons, the start Thanksgiving week, which basically kicks off the stretch run in this NFL season. Like, if you're going to make your move, Thanksgiving is a time to like, like, be like going upwards. Yeah. And so here they are in the middle of the season. They get both teams coming off a bye. Both teams have the best records in their conference, and they're going to go meet in Kansas City, and everybody will be like, you know, flashing their Super Bowl pictures and rings and flags and banners and all that stuff. And it's the Eagles got to go in there into that environment with Come all that barbecue. Buy, man, it's awesome. Oh, right? it's, like, it's tremendous. Right, like tremendous. Kansas both teams will be fresh, yeah. rested. Like you should get the best of both teams going at it. Yeah. Yeah, and look, it's good for Jalen's knee mm-hmm. that his knee gets a little bit of a rest. You got Kansas City gets over the Germany trip. So. Well, you know, Travis Kelsey has time to get rid of some jet lag going to Argentina, like all these things. <laughs> what do you think of that? Uh, yeah. You know, the, the, whatever happens off the field happens off the field. I dig it. All right. You know, we're excited. You know who's going to join us? Who do you Big got? Red. <laughs> Big Red, baby. On this show, I love it. So we're pleased. I, I love this man to have one of the greats with us. Uh, he is uh, the best. One Andy Reid. As we get ready for an incredible clash, Monday Night Football. And let, let me ask you: Did you get any chance to reflect on the Super Bowl and just kind of what it meant? Because I thought it was a celebration of you. It was a franchise that you built in Philadelphia and a franchise and another one that you built. And I I just thought it was a celebration, really, of you. Yeah, well, I I didn't think of it that way, cuz, but I I appreciate you saying that. I I, The one, I, I kept saying, how crazy is it? I mean, what are the chances that we're playing the Eagles? I mean, what are the chances? I mean, it's just, it's wild. Or that yeah. the Kelsey brothers are playing against each other, you know. I mean, what are the chances of that happening? And uh, crazy things happen in this league, and uh, I thought it was a neat experience. Uh, you look across the field, and I see Big Dom over there, Jeffrey Lurie, yeah. yeah, you're going, all right. <clears throat> so it was, it was different that way, uh, different than the first one. It was, and it was kind of beautiful in that, in that, like, everything that you taught, like, all all of your, you know, philosophies about the sport, about building an organization, you know, they all translated, you know, through the years to them, and then, then you wind up doing the same thing in Kansas City, which is really kind of awesome. 
Yeah, I've talked to Howie about that. That is, it's, it was that part was unique. Um, uh, Howie's done a great job of taking that thing to another level now. Uh, from when I was there, and done a great job with it. Probably doesn't get enough credit for it. I mean, he does a heck of a job with uh, growing that thing, and uh, that's fun for me to see. It was fun for me to see the city win a, a Super Bowl with Doug Peterson, and that was fun to see. Uh, the organization has put so much effort into that and we couldn't quite get there and then for you know for that for the organization to have that i thought was a great thing you know andy the halftime of super bowls are different than every other halftime and i talked to uh trey smith and creed and some of the guys it was like you know at halftime i felt like there was a real commitment to the run especially to start that third quarter that really you took control of that game and that opening drive of the third quarter. Was there anything at halftime that you that you could share with us, Andy, about sort of the change that took place then? Yeah, well, Pat had just gotten hurt um, and or re re hurt his ankle, and he he spent most of the time convincing me he was fine. Yeah. Uh, so, but I knew we were going to have to mix it up just a little bit, uh, maybe more than what we did the first half. And um, the old lineman knew it was going to be a great challenge uh, against that defensive front. I mean, that's a uh, uh, that was something we had to prep on because they're powerful. And um, and so the O-line kind of took it upon themselves um, uh, with the run game. And we had some success, and normally you, you, you stick with that. If it's working, you, you stick with it, and it was working the second half. Andy, can we go back? I just want to go back to the beginning of you as a head coach and the great story about going into that Italian restaurant. Butch takes you into that restaurant in South Philly. There's a snowstorm, and it's empty. There's a priest, and he walks over to you and says, are you the new coach of the Eagles? And I think about that story a lot because everybody now knows about you, and that was the beginning of you as a head coach. Yeah, that was a pretty good experience. It was it was a priest and two guys and two ladies with the guys. And uh, um, and, and the priests, they were all booing when we walked in. And and uh, the city's basically closed down from the snow, so I had to take a train to get there. So it was it was a mess. Um, flew into, I think, Baltimore and then took a train up. Uh, and so, I mean, here I'm getting booed the first minute I'm in town. Um, and then they want to buy, you know, they wanted to buy, well, I think they did. I think they bought a bottle of champagne and gave it to <laughs> my, the other people that were, I'm not a drinker, but they gave it to the other people in there. And uh, um, so it ended up being like a celebration. But I got my first boo there, yeah, for sure, by a priest. So I was, <laughs> you know, Mormon guy getting it by a priest. You know, I took that as a good thing. <laughs> You're crossing over right there, Andy. Yeah, crossing. But, but you have been fortunate, Andy. I mean, two of the great fan bases in America, football fan bases in Philadelphia. Well, it's one of the reasons why I stayed when I got done playing, Andy. Like, these sure. people were nuts about the game. They never stopped talking about it. And they do the same thing in Kansas City. They're, they're getting already getting ready to tailgate for your Monday night game next week, Andy, in that parking lot right now. Yeah, no, listen, in both cities have ball diggers in them. That's a good thing, right? So <laughs> it's, uh, um, no, this, uh, uh, I've been very fortunate that way, both places. And then you had Green Bay on it when I was an assistant coach. So, I mean, yeah. I've been completely spoiled by by the fan bases that I've had a chance to coach them with. And so 
um, it's a it's a great place. Philly's a great place. I'm I'm so close with all the people there, and uh, have a lot of good friends there. Well, and here it is. It's actually it's probably apropos because few people I know love the sport, love the game like you do. So those mecca of cities really kind of fit for you. I, I'll never forget being in your office and you had the one desk to watch film and the other desk that you did all your paperwork and everything else. And you were like, this is my happy desk. This is what I love about the sport is just watching film. And, you know, can you reflect on your love of, of this whole game? Yeah, well, that's listen, you got into it because of that. So, you know, you have options of jobs that you can go do. Um, this one, uh, I feel privileged to be able to do. I mean, you're one out of 32 guys in the whole world. You get to watch tape and try to dissect it and all that strategy part of it, put that together and, and teach. And if you're lucky enough to have good players, then you go out and you, you're able to have success. And so I've always been put in a position where I had good players and, um, and, and good coaches around me. So it's, it's made it a good working environment. I think we all strive for that. We strive for our kids to have it. We strive for, you know, our, our families to have that and, and uh, likewise for yourself to have it. So I've been lucky enough to have that and been put in that position. And I treasure, I treasure it every day because, I mean, every day I appreciate uh, that I have a chance to do it. And um, I know I'm on the back end of it, but I'm going to keep enjoying every day of it while I'm doing it. Eddie, we spend an inordinate amount of time in this room with Cuz talking quarterbacks. You just mentioned the three cities, Green Bay, Philadelphia, Kansas City. And I think Favre, McNabb, Alex Smith, and Patrick. Like, yeah. you can't get four really more diverse type people, but all four love the game. And your interaction with them has been amazing. And so we see— And Mike Vick. And Mike Vick. And so we see this, these players flourish underneath your tutelage. But so many people either miss, they don't know how to handle them, they get mishandled sometimes. And like, what's, is there a secret sauce that you look for in these guys? Yeah, well, those all of those guys are really good players uh, before I ever had anything to do with them. And, and so <clears throat> I would tell you, uh, it, this is no different than anything else. It's a people business and how you treat these guys, I think is important. Listening, I think, is important. We're not all, not everybody's good listeners. We get in coaching position, and sometimes we feel like we have to tell, be the storyteller and not, not the listener. So um, there's a time and a place for that. And then all we've tried to do is utilize their strengths, try to better their weaknesses. Um, and there's no, I don't think there's any secret sauce. I've been lucky enough to get them when they were young. I think that's important other than Alex and Michael. Uh, these guys were fairly fresh in the league and um, and that and they didn't have all that NFL scar tissue so that you can get. And um, they, you know, they wanted to, wanted to be great and very fortunate that way. Michael too, Michael was kind of coming back from his, his jail stint and then uh, Alex, had been benched. So both of those two guys wanted to show that we're still pretty good players. Mm -hmm. And that, that, that uh, you know, that helped. 
Michael said his one of his biggest regrets was not having you from the beginning because he, he just thinks his trajectory would have been would have been different that he learned so much about the sport and about that position from you yeah i tell you that i mean baldy said right there so I, i'd tell you this there's nobody that appreciates good quarterbacks more than offensive linemen right i mean we've we kind of know you know if the guy's real or not real right away yeah. i mean you just know and if you can stay true to that i think that's big but I would have loved to have had Michael from the get-go. I would have loved to have had Alex from the get-go. You know, I mean, same thing. Uh, uh, but it didn't work out that way. They, they were still phenomenal, phenomenal players. Coach, these, these schedule makers are amazing in the NFL. It just so happens that the Eagles in first place and Kansas City in first place are both going to come off their bye and play on Monday night in Kansas City, a rematch of the Super Bowl. And it's it's almost like... This is exactly what we need midseason. We just need this huge rematch, Super Bowl rematch. I, I mean, they got this one right here, Andy. Yeah, they do a good job. There's a lot of time and effort, I know, that goes into all that stuff. And, um, and listen, you get two good football teams playing each other, and that, that's what it's all about. I mean, you want that as a coach. You want that as a player. I know the Eagles feel the same way, and, and here we have a chance to play each other. And like the Super, the Super Bowl is a toss-up. And I'm sure this one will be the same. I think it'll be a heck of a game and, you know, two good teams battling each other. So um, years ago, you had told me about where the game was headed and how you were building your team through that, like, shell philosophy with edge rushers. You had your tackles, your edge guys. You had your corners. And you, you saw what we see now as the game. Where's where's the game headed? I mean, you saw, you foresaw this. Where do you see it even coming, even down the future? Yeah, I mean, l listen, I, I, I think the great thing about the game right now is these kids are starting to throw the ball when they're young. Yeah. And so by the time we get them, they're not coming from the wishbone or the veer or, the, you know, any of the option teams are – uh, they're coming from throwing the ball and not only throwing it, but spreading everybody out to do it and doing kind of crazy things with it. And so uh, that makes it fun for offensive coaches. It's made defenses better. I mean, defenses are, are more creative now and throwing more looks at you than, than before. And I think that's great for the sport. So, I mean, here we went through a recession, a pandemic, and the game kept growing. And I'm, I'm just going... Uh, the only way to mess it up is if we mess it up. So we all got we all got to try to do the best we can, and we should be in a good place uh, as we go go through this. And I think that maybe for the first, it's only halfway through the season, but I feel like almost for the first time in your whole career, we might be talking more about your defense than we are your offense right now. And really, what Brett did last year with all those rookies came in, and they all got playing time. How they've supplanted the roster on that side of the ball, and what you're doing defensively right now, Andy. Yeah, Veach has done a phenomenal. Brett Veach has done a phenomenal job bringing good players in. He really retooled that uh, defense. But they're also blessed to have Spags, Steve Spagnola, in that position. Um, who's a fellow Paisan of, of Cousins, I know. So they, uh, it, it's, a, it's a good thing. You know, that's – but Spags uh, uh, does a great job with with the guys. He, he's brilliant. He's got a great scheme. Um, 
and puts them in good positions. They, they, they enjoy playing for them because they, they put them in great positions. And then, you, like Baldy was saying, you have all these young guys that are another year older. And so uh, you, you got them when they're young and you're developing them as they, as they go. And our whole secondary was like rookies last year, it seemed like. And, uh, you know, Dave Merritt did a great job with them. And, and now you, you're seeing that, the, the production there. And um, they're fun to watch. It's, uh, it's fun to watch. The, the front's strong and the, the linebackers are strong. They've got a great challenge this week, but they're, they're uh, you know, against the Eagles. So it'll be a good test. Do, do you – it feels like this is like your team now is a perfect team for your stage in your career. You know, the celebrity aspect of Patrick and of, of you know, Travis and, and here's you on the commercials where you're great, you know, the whole thing. It, it feels like, you know what, this is a great team kind of for this stage of your career that you kind of embrace all of it and you're enjoying it. Because I have no future. <laughs> but it's fun doing it with Patrick. I mean, that's why I do it. And, uh, you know, the older you get, you want to make sure you stay in tune. I'm, pretty soon I'm going to be everybody's grandfather, you know, age. So uh, you got to stay in tune with it a little bit. And uh, th those have been fun. But no, it's, listen, it's a, it's a good, it's a good team. It's a good team to be around. There's some good personalities on the team. And those two guys that you mentioned are tremendous leaders. Chris Jones, you know, is getting up there now and, and he he does a nice job on the defensive side they all have fun playing the game and I, I think you like being around that you love guys that love to play and these guys set the tempo for that listen I know you gotta run brother thank you so much uh, you know it's just great catching up with you can't wait to see you. We're, we're gonna fly out and see you just to just to give you a big hug all right, man. I appreciate it. Next time, bring some pizza or something. Well, I, I got to listen. I got a primos for you. I'm going to bring chicken cutlet sandwiches. We're going to bring it all for you. All right. I'm, all right. I'm, all South Philly. I'm ready. I'm ready. South right. Philly's coming to Kansas City, Andy. Thank Good. you. Thanks, right. buddy. Take care. Thanks. All right. That's pretty awesome having uh, Big Red. Big Red. Yeah. Now, you look, he looks refreshed. He does. Yeah, it looks he, like he had a couple days off. Yeah. Yeah. It's always good catching up. All right, we're going to do a thing every week. Um, actually, a couple times a week, we're going to kind of look at uh, the draft and who did well. and Who's contributing? You, like, you know, let's start to look at, you know, how teams did draft-wise. Uh, we're going to start with the NFC East. Mm -hmm. Let's start with the Giants. Okay. All right? So their first-round pick. Deontay Banks. Yeah, cornerback. He went 24 overall. They literally are playing – Two drafted rookies at corner right now. They're playing Deontay Banks and this Trey Hawkins out of Old Dominion. Yeah, he was a six-rounder. He was a six-rounder, but, like, he's a, he's, he's a tall, fast, yeah. long corner. Uh, but, like, look, they're rookies. So, you know, C.D. Lamb, you know, last week on Deontay Banks, like, uh, it's, it's a tough assignment. It's just tough. They play a lot of man coverage because they're blitzing a lot and they're pressuring the quarterback a lot. And these, these corners, you know, look, they're struggling in, at times. But I think they both have a chance to be good young players. I mean, Deontay Banks was excellent, you know, coming out of Maryland against, you know, Ohio State. Like, he had some good games. And they liked him. They, you know, I think he was the fourth corner taken. And quite honestly, I think he was taken about where he belonged. Yeah. Yeah. It was a big cornerback draft. In fact, we'll talk about uh, Emmanuel Forbes. Yep. Washington, uh, Gonzalez from Oregon. Christian Gonzalez. Uh, he, was in, he was in there. Uh, Interesting because 
the Giants, remember, they're, they're, they just messed up the wide receiver position. It's been a disaster the last few years. They take Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee yeah, and, in the third round. Yeah, but, you know, they just haven't had a quarterback healthy. Like, he's shown flashes. Like, he can get behind defenses. And he look, does. But we went with Daniel Jones. Now, I don't know. Is it Daniel Jones? Is it the fact they can't protect? Well, it's it, it's it's mostly the protection. Yeah. And then just the change-ups at quarterback. Tommy DeVito, you know, Terod Taylor. Like, you know, they just haven't had any continuity at that position. And the quarterbacks are in large part because the offensive line has just been so broken. Like, yeah. you know, like, you know, you lose Andrew Thomas. Like, he's a – He's healthy. He's an elite player. Yep. He really developed, and he was you, very consistent player. You, you know, and then they drafted John Michael Schmitz out of Minnesota, and like he was a good player. He got hurt on the same play that Andrew Thomas got hurt on on a blocked field goal, and so or uh, on a uh, you know a tush push or whatever. And so you know there was a guy that they were building around. And so then they were trying struggling to try to find a center. You know they're tr struggling to try to keep their right tackle healthy. You know, they signed Justin Pugh off the street who hadn't played in two years, and he's playing left guard, left. They can't put an offensive line together, Cuz. No. And no. so, but we're talking about Jalen Hyatt, but, like, I've watched this guy at no, Tennessee. I, I like Jalen Hyatt at Tennessee. Well, I, he's, he's got elite speed. But, you know, at Tennessee, I mean, they played that high-speed offense, and he ran go routes and stops like they did at Baylor. And so people didn't know if he could be a route runner. The guy can run a route now. He can, like, he changed directions. He's just not getting much of an opportunity right now. If you're going to regrade that draft, what would you what would you give it? Well, I mean, look, I don't think you can give it any grade right now. I think you have to give it an incomplete. Like I think Banks and Hawkins are going to play a lot of football the second half of the season. They're going to get John Michael Schmitz back. Yeah, he needs playing time. Jalen Hyatt's going to get out there. That's a big loss. Man. Well, you get hurt early like they did, yeah. you know. And so they need to get all those guys on the field and get him as much time as possible to try to develop them. Yeah. All right, Washington, they start with Emmanuel Forbes, who we just talked about, another cornerback. And remember what A.J. Brown did to Emmanuel Forbes, which is not fair because A.J. Brown, that body. He does that to I everybody. mean, like, yeah, it's just not fair. You just Well, they play a lot of man coverage in Washington. And so, they, you know, Emmanuel Forbes had incredible ball skills at Mississippi State. Yeah. He's a nice kid. Like, he's very skinny. He's like, um, honestly, he's like uh, Devontae Smith. Like, that kind of yeah, skinny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he, but he plays. He, it doesn't look like it really affects him that much unless, you know, you're trying to guard A.J. Brown who's just going to body you and put that big body on you. He's going to be pretty defenseless. But, you know, he's got his hands on some footballs. He's playing a lot. They drafted Ricky Stromberg out of Arkansas, the center. He's got to get out there and play some, you know. And so, you know, this, this draft will be measured in large part you know, down the road. Cowboys have gotten very little from they their draft. They drafted Mozzie Smith out of Michigan. Well, I didn't like. I got to tell you, be honest. I thought there were better defensive linemen out there. That I, I'll be honest. I thought that was a bad pass. I said at the time I didn't like it. Well, you know, I, I liked uh, Keanu Benton out yeah. of Wisconsin. who's yeah. playing for Pittsburgh now, starting for yeah, him. Yeah. We haven't seen a lot out of Mozzie yet. And I'm just waiting to see. You know, they've got other guys there that have experience, a Digazua, all these guys inside. But I really thought he was going to be the run stuffer and a guy that could push the pocket for him. Well, I thought they he had were some reaching, too. Like, they wanted a defensive tackle. It was almost like they were looking. They needed to fill that spot. They look at what Philadelphia does, and that was so like it's a funny. direct kind of so like. So, I'll never forget this, do does. So, you know, the draft was, you know, Thursday night. 
So literally on Monday, I'm at NFL Network in L.A., and I'm breaking down every pass rush of Micah Parsons. So I, I text Micah, and I said, Luke, dude, I just watched every one of your pass rushes, man. You need help. He goes, I've been telling Jerry that for years. I need a tackle. <laughs> he, need somebody he, in front you need somebody that can push the pocket. Yeah. So when I come off the well, edge. That's why when the Eagles took Jalen Carter, he was freaking out. Yeah, of course. So you put Jalen Carter in that defense right now, they might be yeah. better than anybody. Anyways, but I'm not down on Mozzie. You just, you know, you, you got to learn the game. It's, it's Usually defense linemen, they almost require a redshirt year because the game is so different, even than whenever he played in the Big Ten. At Michigan. So, but I, I thought they needed an interior push guy, and they just haven't seen that from him yet. I didn't think of Schoonmaker, the tight end. Well, they lost Dalton Schultz, who was having a. Well, like, they were dying for tight end. They, you know, Dan ever Ferguson. Since the Eagles took Dallas Goddard away from them. They've been looking for it. Yeah. But they got luck. I think Ferguson. He's coming on. He's he's now the guy. He looks good. Yeah. No, he's coming on. He's coming on. They, they, they drafted him out of A&M. I think he was a fourth-round pick. But they're, they're a big – Mike McCarthy, he likes to put three tight ends out there. And so Schoonmaker's out there right now. Remember, he was the one against the Eagles. He didn't run, he didn't run that route. Well, no, he, 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 he ran well, the route, but they didn't get a good rub on yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so um, that was on Ferguson. But anyways, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one play. Yeah. You learn from a mistake, whatever. But, like, he's a big, big guy that had success at Michigan, you know, had success. Like, they, they like their tight ends. So he's he's playing a lot, so that's good for him. Uh, Not a whole lot. The rest uh, of the draft. No, I feel like that was a horrible draft. I'll I'll give it a D for Dallas. To me, the best the best draft is the team that won the division last year, and that's Philadelphia. I mean, look, first of all, Jalen Carter. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's look. I mean, there's been very few defensive tackles that have come into this business that have the impact that Jalen yeah. Carter does. Like, you know, just in the Dallas game, the last game that they played, I mean, Zach Martin went up to him after the game, and he was just complimenting him. Because I'm watching the matchup, like, and Jalen played a lot in that game. Like, he played more than he's played in any other game so far this season. And he went up against their left guard, Tyler Smith, and he went up against uh, Zach Martin. And honestly, I, I – I, Zach Martin has been in the best guard in football for a decade. And it took everything he had. You could just see every ounce of strength he had, every ounce of, like, drop the anchor to try to slow Jalen down. He, he's, he's But he's, he's more than just power. And he's going to be he's, a star. And he wants to be great. I mean, he could be as good a defensive tackle as they have ever had in Philadelphia. Yeah. He could be that good. Fletcher Cox, you go through the list of them. Like, he could be as good as anybody Fletch, that's ever played. Jerome, it's up to him, Jerome. Like, you just go through the list of guys. But, like, honestly, I mean, he has unusual power. Yeah. But he's advanced. Like, his pass rush moves, yeah. his people question uh, some of the stuff, you know, because he didn't play every down in Georgia. They rotate guys there. But, like, he's got an advanced pass rush ability. I his, heard. His club on guys, oh. like, he knocks people sideways. Yeah. I heard a lot of teams are. Oh, second-guessing oh, themselves. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I mean, God. You, you, you could start with Chicago. Like, yeah. a lot of these teams passed on Jalen Carter. And Atlanta passed on him. Like, all these – like, you just can't find guys like that. Yeah. So, Nolan Smith was their second first-round pick. Now, he, he hasn't been on the field as much. He did make a – he did get on two weeks ago and made a play. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's got good speed off the edge. He changes direction. He's got yeah. speed. 
you know, he's undersized. But, you know, like the comp, honestly, was Hassan Reddick coming out of uh, Georgia. And it's not a bad comp. Uh, you know, Hassan took a couple years in Arizona. We know Hassan well from his days at Temple and Matt. But, you know, it took him a couple years for the teams to figure out yeah. how to play him. They were playing him yeah. off the ball, inside linebacker at Arizona. It's not how he – so they they now he's an elite player. But, you know, when you've got Josh Sweat, you've got Hassan Reddick, you've got Brandon Graham, like there's not a lot of reps for him right now. And, I, you know, Tyler Steen, hmm? I like him. I like him. Well, it's a good thing they drafted him. They another big boy up front for yeah. that line. Well, look, you lose you lose Jurgens, you know, then Sua Peta goes down. Now you're down to Tyler Steen, who was a tackle at Alabama, yeah. going inside the guard. It helps that you're playing between Kelsey and Lane Johnson. But it's a good thing they drafted him right now. They need a, they need a big body in there yeah. that can hold up in, inside. <laughs> yeah. And then Sidney Brown, who's getting a lot of rest because – that, can't keep his safety healthy. Yeah, I mean, he has to play. Who And I do think at some point, yeah, I, I like Sidney Brown. So I'm, I'm actually glad that he's getting a lot of action because I think he's going to get better. No, I do too. And look, I mean, at we that like position. You Illinois. Well, I did. But at that position, um, you've got to be able to cover. You've got to be able to run. You've got to hit. Like, you've got to, you have a lot of responsibilities. Yeah. Uh, and how they fit you. Because look, at that, that position that they're playing him at is sort of like what they played Malcolm Jenkins at, sort of like what they played Chauncey Gardner-Johnson at. And so you're down there in the box. Like, you've got to take on blockers. You've got to be good in the run yeah, game. You everything. You've got to be physical. And he is. He's a, he, you know, he's just not tall, but yeah. he's a physical, well-built safety that runs good. Yep. Yep. All right. We'll give that one, the NFC East to the Eagles. And uh, I, I love this. So we're going to do every division. Mm -hmm. So keep an eye out. Hey, listen, that's going to do it for us. Thanks again to Andy Reid. We'll be back tomorrow. In fact, Max Crosby. Yes, Mad Max. The, the Condor. He's will, going to come join will us. join us tomorrow. So looking forward to that. Everybody, thanks for hanging. We'll see you tomorrow. Love City.